Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Biggs, your host for today. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley. I'm here to take your questions and your prayer requests. So glad you can join us for this program at Calvary Live. What a blessing that we can gather together during the week at this time, wherever you're at, and to be able to talk about the things of the Lord, to answer your questions, to, to pray for you and with you and to minister to you. And that really is the heart of this show, is for all of us to be blessed, not just those who call in or text in, uh, but those who are listening, those who are all a part of this program across the nation, even different parts of the world. I just got uh, word that we even have a listener from Nairobi, Kenya, and, uh, of course, technology can connect us throughout the world as people listen to the Grace FM website and listening live. So we welcome uh, the one who is listening in Africa. And it's just what a blessing it is. And we have listeners from all over the country, and we want to welcome you. We're so glad that we can join together, be encouraged in the things of the Lord, be instructed by the Word of the Lord and that we can let our requests be known to the Lord. And so give me a call. The call-in number is 303-690-3000. And I'd love to talk with you on this Monday. And those of you listening on Grace FM, you're listening live. It's a beautiful, beautiful November day here in Colorado. Of course, it's the week of Thanksgiving. And many of you are busy and making preparations for the holiday and also dealing with challenges of meeting with family with all the things going on with the COVID and uh, recommendations and restrictions and all that. We've been dealing with it all year, haven't we? And of course, it's it's not any easy easier right now with the holidays and of course, numbers going up. And so we pray for God's wisdom and protection upon you, and may he just fill you with his peace as you move forward. And just, uh, I pray that you would uh, just bless, um, uh, be blessed in every way. So give me a call at 303-690-3000. It's a call-in number. Love to hear from you. And also, as as we talked this week, as I've been hosting Calvary Live for almost nearly six years now, uh, different uh, times of the week, uh, but uh, usually during this week, uh, I ask sometimes you, what are you thankful for? And I just may do that. And uh, and we all have reason for uh, all those of us who are believers to be thankful. We really do. And we'll talk about that as we continue in the, in the show. But I want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners along the Front Range in Colorado, Southern Wyoming, into parts of the Panhandle, Nebraska. Welcome to today's program. Give me a call at 303-690-3000. Also, there is another means for you to be able to ask a question or give a prayer request, and that's a dedicated text line, and that is 
800-242-0897. That's the 24-7, 24 hours a day, seven days a week prayer line that you can text in a prayer request. And you'll have people from Calvary Church praying for you and ministering uh, in that way and intercessory prayer and and uh, will respond to you. So 720-336-0897 is the text line. And uh, I pray that today's show is a blessing to all of you who are listening, wherever you're at. also want to welcome those who perhaps you're listening on the East Coast, on Truth or Hope FM, uh, online listeners throughout the country, uh, from the four corners of the country. Um, we want to welcome you as well. You can call anywhere in the United States where you can dial nine or 303-690-3000 for the call-in, and then also text 720 0897. So as soon as the phones begin to come in, the phone calls and the callers will go to them, which we're going to do right now. But we do have a couple open lines. Again, Jeff Figs of Calvary Greeley with you for this hour. The hour goes by quickly. So grab one of those open lines. Let's go to Parker where Ryan is waiting on line one. Hi, Ryan. Yeah, hi there, Jeff. Nice to hear from you, and nice. I'm glad you're hosting today. And uh, you went through the book of Isaiah before within the last couple years or so, I remember. And I was wondering yeah. if you could pull out and read Isaiah 49, verse 6, if you'd want to read is- that or look or look and, and do a quick little excerpt study on that of, of, of a question I've got found in that. Okay. Well, let me read the verse in chapter 49, verse 6 where we read in the book of Isaiah, Indeed, he says, is it too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel? I will also give you as light to the Gentiles that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. So that's the verse that you're wanting to be quoted. Thank you so much. Sometimes I do stutter and stammer, and I thought it was best for you to read it, even though I know you had that as a youth at one time. But um, anyway, I won't take up much time on that. But um, I wanted to say he's talking the big picture here with where he's talking about Christ as, I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. And that's um, the Lord talking to Jesus in a sense. Am I right on that? Um, yeah, it, it talks about the servant and, and being a light to the Gentiles. And so you'd notice that in verse six, you should be my servant. It's in capitalization. So it's talking about the Messiah and Isaiah talks a lot about the Messiah. Picture of things. And what I wanted to focus in on, is that part that says to raise up the tribes, the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. And there are those that think that Israel is done for at this time, that their mission was completed with bringing in the Messiah, and that there is no um, any type of major reconciliation um, process, or I should say re- restoration, as it says here specifically, yeah with Israel here in the future. So I'm wondering if someone would read this and say to raise, when it says to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel, I know like starting maybe off around 605 BC, 
and Isaiah is writing in 700 B.C., around that circa 700 B.C., mm-hmm. that starting in at 605 B.C. and such, we have kind of, we have the flow of them going into captivity, Israel going into captivity, and the Benia, as you know, the Babylonian captivity, yeah. right. and that would occur for about 70 years, and they would be brought back to Israel and restored in that fashion, but that's kind of a smaller thing with that next segment of the chapter where it says that you shall, uh, where he's talking about, I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles. I mean, we're right. talking big, we're talking big, big things. So Right, we are talking that, big things. Yeah, so I'm wondering if he's talking about if people that think that Israel is done for and their mission is accomplished and that there is no long-term plan for the people of Israel, um, if we read this to say to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel, what is he referring to there, the Babylonian captivity return or a big picture future event for Israel? And you you bring up a, a point because when you go through Isaiah, you go through Jeremiah, you go through the books of the prophets, there was two captivities, right? There was the Babylonian captivity that they would come back from. And then after 2,000 years, after the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem in 70 AD, they would be out of the land for 2,000 years. And the Lord also makes prophecies about them coming back into the land. But uh, oftentimes that's connected uh, chapters, many verses in the Old Testament. I think that Isaiah chapter 49, verse 6 is part of that that there's yet a future fulfillment or an ultimate bringing back into the land of them turning to the Lord. Notice at the end of verse 6 it says, to you should be my salvation to the end of the earth. So it's talking about you know something more than just an event in Israel. Um, I believe that what he's talking about to bring Jacob back to him, um, it is an important aspect of the Messiah's mission to bring Israel back to the Lord. So Isaiah... You know, he would talk about near fulfillment and then future fulfillment, and I think this has future fulfillment implications. We know that as we put the whole of Scripture together, and one of the things, Ryan, that we just uh, last week got through going through the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah talks about them coming back from the captivity, but then also he talks about a future restoration and a new covenant. So there are those who, who have adopted what is called replacement theology, that the church replaces, um, you know, Israel, that that the church is Israel, and the promises for Israel are meant for us and and the nation of Israel. Um, The Jewish people don't have any future restoration. And, And I think that if you go to that theology, you really have to miss, dismiss verses like what we just read in chapter 49, verse 6, you have to dismiss hundreds of verses in the Old Testament and sometimes whole chapters uh, of the Old Testament, like chapters 31, 32, 33 of the book of Jeremiah. So um, we know that Paul talks about that God has not cast away his people in chapter 11 of Romans, that there's still a future uh, restoration, uh, a national restoration. We're in chapter 11, verse 26 that uh, God's plan will be fulfilled when all of Israel will be saved at that time. So Isaiah speaks quite a bit about the millennium reign um, of of Jesus Christ, the restoration of 
uh, God's people, the Jewish people. He's not done with them. He has a plan for Israel. And um, and I believe that's one of the reasons why we can say that we are in the last days because we have seen them come back as a nation. And a lot of the events that we read about concerning the last days cannot be fulfilled unless Israel is back in the land and um, and those things be fulfilled. So um, I believe it does have a future implication here. So it shoots us out way past like 1948 into some time where, where the uh, major remnant of Israel will be redeemed based on what this verse is speaking of in verse 6 to kind of counter those that are in the replacement theology camp. Yeah, and you know, and it's, this is just one verse, but there's so many verses that speak about how the Lord will, you know, particularly Jeremiah has some powerful verses that how he'll rule from Jerusalem, and uh, you know, I'll be your God, and I will, you know, write my will on your hearts, a new covenant that ultimately will be fulfilled at that time. We as Christians get to enjoy that right now. Um, as we have Christ dwelling in our hearts, but um, so much of it. And here's the thing that, particularly as you go through the book of Jeremiah, that the Lord says, when will I cast away my people? Um, when will I nullify this promise? He says, when you can understand the depths of the earth or measure the universe. In other words, never, never. He will be faithful to bring that promise to pass and and faithful to to bring those uh, things that he speaks about that is yet future for Israel to pass. So I think it's quite clear as you go through the Old Testament that the promises that God made, Paul reaffirms it in the New Testament, in particularly Romans chapter 11, are yet to be fulfilled. And God brought up, it, Israel's a miracle, Um you know, that's one of the things when I was investigating whether to see that the Bible was true is, what are you going to do with Israel? You know, they came back into the land after 2,000 years, just as God said they would, and he has a plan for them, and he's going to fulfill that plan. It's just absolutely amazing. Yeah, I see them as even though they're a secular nation, that God is acting irrationally in a way to give them, in a sense, a hope and a restoration specifically for them and not so much for other outlying nations. But I see it ultimately as God's way and that they were, because I, well, I have been hearing people of the replacement theology camp or what have you, they don't even like to call it that, I don't think, but I see it as that Israel was the least of the nations at one time, and God is ultimately showing his glory and his immense power to keep them afloat and is going to bring them all the way full circle in uh, just to kind of like, I think, uh, you know, micromanaging them in a way to show his power to the whole world as we all look to Israel from one who was once the least of the nations. So, but I want to thank you so much for your detail. So what do you think of that? Did you you think I'm, I'm on point with that? Yeah. Yeah. I think it is speaking of a future implication here. Um, of, you know, of that time in a millennium reign. So, hey, thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Have a nice uh, afternoon and stay on with the show. I I like your service there immensely. Thank you, Ryan. Hey, you have a good Thanksgiving this week, all right? Okay, thank you. You do the same. Bye-bye. You bet. God bless you, Ryan. Good good questions. Student of the Word, just love that. Uh, It's so wonderful. Hey, 303-690-3000. 
And we got an open line. When somebody hangs up, there's at least one open line. So, so glad that we got callers today. And uh, so glad that you're calling in, ask your questions, and give your prayer requests. Let's go to Castle Rock, where Robert has been waiting. Hi, Robert. Hey, Pastor. Good afternoon. How, How are, are you? you? Good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Another blessed day. Oh, it's beautiful, isn't it, today? It is. It's very nice. The weather's not too cool. It's just right. Just right. Um, I had a question um, in First Kings chapter 13, verses 18 through 22. Um, mm-hmm. And you can read it if you want, but I was just curious, why would one prophet deliberately lie to another prophet? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of an interesting. You know, all of First Kings is interesting, but um, as you go into, let's see, I need to get in chapter 13, right? Of First Kings. And uh, and that message to the man, and then the death comes to him. Um, and you, you're focused on what verses? In verses 18 what through did you 22. Say? 18 through 22. And, of course, the background of that is um, this message to the man of God that not to, um, as you go through it, not to stop. And um, if I remember right, going back to um, what I need to know— um, if you were to give me, he wasn't to stop and talk to anyone, but he ended up stopping because this guy said he was a prophet of God, right? He said, don't eat anything, don't drink anything, go straight through, do what you got to do and come back. And then the other prophet comes and says, I'm also a prophet of the Lord. Um, The Lord bade me to get you to come to my house and eat and drink. Yeah. So, and he ends up being disobedient and he ends up, Dying, right? And it was a line, I believe, that ended up killing him, right? Yes. (laughs) So, interesting. So why would one lie to the other? You know, that's a good question. Um, And he even even predicted the the doom of him, right? And I'm just kind of doing it, looking at it very quickly here. Um, After he tells him to come, all of a sudden he goes and he says, you're going to end up dying and all of this. So... You know, what is the lessons in all of that? And the lesson is um, that, um, you know, of course, talking about obedience um, and um, to keep the commandment which the Lord had commanded us. And um, that's kind of what we're, we're at with all of that. So, um, and the line came and ate him. So um, that's kind of what I have for that. I'm looking at some notes that I had written on it to see if I got something um, more concrete on that. But it is an interesting story, and uh, it is uh, a lesson about making sure that we test everything, I think, through the Word of God, um, because the guy came along and deceived them. And sometimes, here's the thing to remember, Robert, is that sometimes when people come along Uh, They may speak some truth, but they also will speak deception as well. And we need to make sure that we don't compromise the Word of God whatsoever. It is John that says that we are to test the spirits to see if they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So he's called a prophet of God. Um, He speaks to him, but he did disobey um, what the Lord had for him. And I think that's kind of what I get from it. People may come along and say, well, I'm speaking on behalf of God, and 
it goes against what we know to be true. Well, I know there's one spot. Um, I can't remember exactly where it's at, but he basically says uh, if a prophet says something and it comes to pass, then surely, you know, he's a prophet sent from the Lord. And so I was just curious, like, why would, you know, why would you have extreme deception in the case of, you know, don't don't stop and eat or drink anything, and then have somebody else come along and like, hey, I'm a prophet of the Lord. You know, he wanted you to come into my house, eat and drink. And then he even prophesies of how he's going to die. And so I was just curious why the extreme deception from a prophet who's supposed to be a man of God. Yeah, and and that is what it is. But I have, you know, in my own notes, you know, one of the the comments that I I made is just what I told you, that make sure that you are, um, you know, heeding to the Word of God and there are those who will come and they will, um, you know, even even if an angel um, comes and gives you a different word, then you are to reject it. And it's interesting that a lion came, and Satan, what is he likened to in First Peter? He's likened to a lion, you know, a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So obviously, even though this man's called a, a, a prophet, he came with a message that was contrary to what, that man of God was told, um, the message told to him that you don't stop, you don't go with anyone. And he ended up, because of it, this thing happened. Now that's, you know, getting eaten by a lion is a pretty extreme thing. But I think the important message is, is that we need to make sure that we are obedient to the Word of God, that we test the spirits, that we don't do anything contradictory to the Word of God. And then you, you know, a prophet is going to be 100% correct. This guy led him astray, and a a true prophet of God is not going to lead anyone astray, but they're going to be 100% correct. And even in the Old Testament, you know, the prophetic uh, office in the Old Testament, a lot of it was predictive, right? And in the Old Testament, before they went into the promised land, that the Lord instructed them that even if a prophet comes along and he predicts something and it comes to pass— but they take you away from me, the Lord says, to worship other gods, then that is a false prophet. So there is a testing of, number one, in a predictive uh, sense, is it true? You know, is it going to come to pass 100%? But also, uh, does it line up with the Word of God? Um, and that's the test of the prophet as well. And this one obviously was deceiving, and then he— um, led this man astray. So I think the important lesson is, you know, when we're told something from the Word of God and we have the Word of God that we can test the spirits. That's our final authority, that even if somebody comes along who seems like they're a man of God, who seems like that, you know, they're given the message of God, we need to make sure that we test it through the Word of God. And I tell my people constantly, you know, check me out with the Word of God um, and, and be students, be Bereans that even as Paul was uh, there in Berea to test these things to see if they'd be so. So more or less it was kind of the Lord put them through the fire and testing him to see if he would listen wholly to his word. Yeah, and apparently, obviously, he was disobedient to the word that was given to him initially. Well, that actually makes a lot of sense. I I thank you for clearing uh, clearing that up for me. And also, I just had one one more quick question. Uh, It's a little Mm -hmm. off topic, but... Uh, you said that, you know, the devil is portrayed as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. 
if he's portrayed as a lion, uh, why do they also portray Jesus as the lion of Judah? What's the difference (laughs) between that? Well, you know, he's looking to devour you. Jesus is looking to save you. And and the thing is, is Satan is a master counterfeiter, isn't he? So when you talk about the end times, you have the Antichrist, right, that term. And it's not just speaking about somebody who's against Christ, but somebody, the meaning is, who comes instead of Christ. So this Antichrist will come on the scene in the future, and he will come on as the Messiah-like figure. He's going to come on as a peacemaker, have the the answers to the world's problems. He's going to, Daniel emphasizes that he will be a great orator. Uh, he's going to speak great things to the world, but he speaks blasphemous things against the Lord. So he comes not just against Christ, but he comes instead of Christ. So Satan, got to remember that Second Corinthians, that he is called an angel of light, master counterfeiter. He's a master deceiver. So he counterfeits, and even in the book of Revelation, you have this counterfeit uh, trinity of the devil, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. And so he is a master counterfeiter, and um, he's a roaring lion sinking whom he may devour, as Peter writes. You know, just he wants to pounce on you if you go into his territory. And Jesus, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah that came to save us. Awesome. Well, Pastor, I appreciate your time. You have a wonderful afternoon and a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thanks, Robert. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. And you have a great Thanksgiving, too. You too. God bless. You bet. Got a couple open lines. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And love to talk with you, answer your questions. And 303-690-3000. The text line is 720-336. 0897. So text in a question or a prayer request, and if we get time, we'll go to that. But we have a somebody who's been waiting. Wayne, hopefully, uh, is still waiting from Knoxville, Tennessee. Wayne, are you there? Wayne had been waiting. The calls came in right away. No, Wayne. But hey, Wayne, if you're listening, um, and I don't know if you are because I know that the radio stations out there are week delayed. But he did ask for prayer, and I want to go ahead and pray uh, for him, even though uh, he was waiting and uh, wasn't able to um, hold on the line. And uh, so that means, first of all, we got all open lines, I believe, right now. So uh, before we go to the break, give me a call, 303-690-3000 is the number to call for the call-in number, and then the text is 720-336. 0897, Lord, I just pray for Wayne who called. He was waiting, but I do want to take the time. He's asking for prayer for him and his wife. Um, And even though they've been married for a number of years, uh, there is tension, there um, is a strain in in the marriage, and I pray for healing. I pray for restoring. You know all the challenges and difficulties that they're going through. So I just lift this couple up to you. I just pray that you would... Um, bring them together, and uh, you're the one that is um, the one that is the very foundation of our lives in every area of our lives, including our marriages. And Lord, I just pray that you would just uh, work in both of them and bringing them together as one, bringing them together 
um, knowing that you desire to bless their marriage, to bring the forgiveness, the restoration, the the understanding that they need. Um, Lord, just moving forward in you, uh, do that healing work in their marriage. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Maybe you need prayer today. Uh, maybe you got a question. We've had some good questions so far in the show today. We're getting ready to go to break. So I believe we got all open lines. Wayne was uh, dropped. He's a truck driver is what I understand. So we're very grateful for you guys out there. We've had truckers call us on the show. And uh, we're grateful that you guys are delivering our goods and keeping the, the nation going. Um, so you hear the music. We're going to the only break of the show. All open lines, 303-690-3000. You're listening to Calvary Live. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. So glad to be with you on this beautiful, beautiful Monday afternoon here in Colorado, the week of Thanksgiving. We have so much to be thankful for, don't we? Um, We have so much... um, to be grateful for in the Lord, we as Christians. And and I pray that you are doing well. I know it's challenging times, it's difficult times. Uh, we're all trying to figure out how to meet with family and, and to be together. So uh, my prayer is that uh, God will give you peace that rules in your heart as you move forward and maneuver through these days. And uh, I pray that Uh, we as Christians would remember that we always have something to be thankful for. I really believe that it's important for us as Christians that we have a thankful heart. We see that all throughout the Scriptures. Paul would write to the church of Thessalonica that we are to be thankful in everything. And even though we don't always, you know, are thankful for everything, but in everything that we have Him, we have eternal life, we have forgiveness of sin, and we have the Lord's promises, and we have his presence as well, because he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. So I pray for blessing upon you this Thanksgiving week as as you gather perhaps with family or friends. Uh, maybe that um, it's difficult, you have need because of economic reasons, or maybe because of health reasons. Maybe you're feeling a bit isolated, but I want you to know that the Lord loves you and He's with you and and uh, and that uh, we can be thankful in our hearts for His incredible grace that is in our lives. So uh, I pray that you are well. Love for you to give me a call. we got a couple open lines. It, it, the call-in number is 303-690-3000. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. And you got uh, another uh, way that you can ask a question or text in um, a question or a prayer request, a dedicated text line, 720-336-0897. So grab one of those open lines. We had a great first half of the show. and got plenty of time for you to grab an open line and ask a question or a prayer request. So love for you to do that. Let's go to Fort Collins where Sharon is waiting. Hi, Sharon. Oh, hi. 
How are you doing, Pastor Jeff? Good. I've How are you? Li- oh, I've listened to you for years and enjoy you so much and, and well, how you I'm the Lord's using blessed. you, um, especially at these times. <clears throat> My question was, I have a cousin who hadn't contacted me for quite a while, and just recently she wrote to me, and we, we've always, our family, we, we've prayed for her, but of course she's a Jehovah's Witness, and we don't have the same doctrine. And I wanted to know what did Jehovah's Witness believe about prophecy um, and the end times in Israel, and because I want to write back to her, and I just want to tell her what Jesus has done for me and give scripture, but... I wanted more about what's going on right now. Or I know yeah. that um, Israel, their enemies, um, are really everything going on with Iran and the attack, and it's so prophetic. I think it's in Ezekiel, and um, yeah, right. that's, that's you know. It. The the thing that you're dealing with with Jehovah Witnesses is they got so many problems with their doctrine. Um, the person of Jesus Christ, the um, you know the whole plan of salvation. Those are things that they um, divert from the truth of what the Scripture has to say. Um, when it comes to the end times, they've been all over the place, and, and it's hard to nail down exactly what it is um, that they believe in because. They believed that the second coming of Jesus was, um, you know, going to come in 1914, and of course he didn't come back. So they said that Jesus was an invisible spiritual presence in 1914. Um, they said um, that it would be the starting date for the last generation before the Battle of Armageddon. So they've they've put out doctrine in their history before, but then. Um, they have had to change it. They said people who were present um, in 1914 would li- live to see the Battle of Armageddon. So um, all these things that they said concerning their last days, and of course um, they have a view of only s- certain select are actually going to go to heaven, all these different things. So I think really a real key for you to minister to you know your relative is giving them the person of Jesus Christ, the the truly who he is, because they they can't fully understand end time scenario or the truth of it unless they understand the reason Jesus came the first time, the truth about his first advent, that he came to die for sinful man, and that uh, Jesus is eternal. He's not Michael the archangel, and. He is one that um, we salvation comes by believing in him and the atoning work of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. So I think there needs to be a focus particularly on Jesus, the person of Jesus, the truth of Jesus, presenting the right Jesus, Jesus to her, and then you can present, you know, this, you know, the right, um, you know, doctrine on and the right truth on Jesus coming back, but they've been all over the place, um, you know, through their history. Uh, an invisible presence, 1874, they even believed that. Um, you know, all these different things. So uh, I think that um, that you can 
if you show them verses about who Jesus really is, and that's one of the things, Sharon, that I focus on when people call about whether they're, it's Jehovah Witnesses or Mormons, because even a lot of Mormons, um, and I don't know how many Jehovah Witnesses, they don't know a whole lot about what their doctrine is concerning in times. Um, they, they believe that Jesus will come back to their temple, <clears throat> but at one time, the Mormons do, that they believed they was going to be in Missouri or, you know, to Salt Lake or something, one of their temples. So it's all over the board. Um, And it's because they have just that strange doctrine across the board concerning the person of Jesus Christ, salvation, the work of the Holy Spirit, atonement for sin, all these different things. Does that make sense to you? Makes sense. I really appreciate that. If you could just pray with me to get... I could give her, um, we've given her that from way back. My dad, they got in big discussions, um, and, and she was trying to give Greek and everything. So I'm, if you could just pray, the Holy Spirit leads me, and I, I can, you know, just put, just tell, like you said, and then um, yeah. give verses and, um, what yeah. Jesus has done for me, my testimony. Right. Exactly, and I think that's a real key. Give them Jesus, because what happens is is that because they have this history that they don't like to talk about, they really downplay um, the importance of um, what happened in the in the past and their false prophecies and doctrine, and they really kind of downplay the future implications as well. Um, but one of the books that I think is um, going to be helpful for you, and then I'm going to pray for you, is if you can ever get a hold of that book, The Kingdom of the Cults by Walter Martin, the late Dr. Walter Martin, but um, it is edited, the recent um, uh, edition that's been out by Ravi Zacharias, the late Ravi Zacharias, and it details everything about the Jehovah Witnesses and their doctrine about certain things. And I think that will be really, really helpful to you as you minister um, to your relatives. So, Father, I just pray for Sharon. She she desires to minister, um, to share, and uh, about the coming of the Lord, uh, about Israel, uh, their role in the last days. But, Lord, I pray that she would be able to share and just be able to minister the truth of Jesus, who Jesus is, and um, I pray that you would uh, just um, give her the verses, speaking about the provision of Jesus, speaking about um, the the grace of salvation, that we are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, to really show her who Jesus is. And um, I pray that you give her wisdom and that she would speak the truth in love. But Lord, I pray for whoever she's speaking to, that you would soften their heart and, Lord, open their eyes, take the blindness away, and to be able to to minister um, as seeds of truth are, are planted in her heart, that you would draw her to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Mr. Jeff, yeah, have a blessed Thanksgiving. Thank you so you much. You do. Have hey, we'll be praying blessed. for you. Okay, you all right. You. Bye. You bet, Sharon. God bless you. Got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000. There's so much about the Jehovah Witnesses and, you know, keeping up on it and stuff. But one of the things that I'd like to tell people, give them Jesus. Give them Jesus, the truth about Jesus. And then everything else starts falling in line 
uh, with them. Hey, let's go to Kathy in Littleton. Hi, Hi Kathy. How are you? You know, I was listening to your previous caller, and um, I used to put a little styrofoam cross out at Easter that said, He is risen. And then I decided, well, you know what? I'm not going to just put it out at Easter. I uh, nailed it to my porch. <laughs> I have a wooden porch. And uh, <laughs> and I never get any visitors from the Jehovah's Witnesses or anything anymore. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. the reason I called was because I spoke to a little lady in Douglas, Wyoming, this morning where I used to live. And her okay. mother-in-law was airlifted from Douglas to the University of Colorado Hospital um, with COVID. And so mm-hmm. I'm asking for prayers from the righteous people that I listen to on your radio uh, every day or as much as I can uh, for this lady named Carrie who um, is in the hospital with COVID and she's on a respirator. So I pray that she will get better and go home to Douglas, Wyoming. Yeah, absolutely. Father, I just uh, thank you for Kathy Collin and wants to lift up Terry to you, who's airlifted from Douglas, Wyoming, uh, a long ways from home. And uh, as she's in the hospital in uh, Denver, in Aurora, and I just pray that she has COVID, that you bring healing to her, that you be with the doctors and nurses that are ministering to her, treating her, that you give them wisdom. But Lord, you're the great physician. I pray for your touch upon her, that uh, you would get this virus out of her, heal her body, that she would be able to go home soon. Go home to to Douglas. And um, Lord, we just lift her up to you. And Lord, I want to lift up also all those, there's so many that are in our listening area right now that are suffering from COVID. Um, And I just pray for your healing upon them. Lord, I pray that um, this virus would go away and that has plagued us for so long. And I also want to pray for all those who are working in the medical fields, in the hospitals, the clinics, um, that are on the front lines of this. I know that they are tired. And Lord, give them the strength they need, protect them, give them the wisdom they need as uh, there's more hospitalizations. I thank you for them. I thank you for their, their commitments, their energy. I thank you for their courage. I thank you for their bravery. And Lord, just be with them as they're treating others with COVID. But we do lift up Terry to you. We pray for your healing touch to be upon her. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. Oh, thanks for calling. Yeah, and we'll be praying for her. You too, Kathy. Thank you very much. You bet. God bless you. Hey, we got all open lines, I believe. 303-690-3000 is the number to call for the call-in number. And then also the text line is 720-336-0897. And, um, you know, maybe you got a prayer request or somebody that is on your heart you want to pray for, or maybe you need prayer, please call in. And and this is part of the show, not only to answer your questions, as some very good questions have come in today, but we also want to minister to you and bring in God's Word to you and comfort to you and and praying for you. And I'm so glad that we can gather together, especially in these times that we are in, because we really need each other. One of the things that we talked about uh, yesterday in our Matthew study here at Calvary Greeley was when Jesus' mother and Jesus' brothers came looking for him, and 
um, somebody said to Jesus, because there was great multitudes, they couldn't get to him. But they said to Jesus, hey, your your mother, your brothers are waiting for you. They want to see you. And Jesus turned to the multitude and said, who is my mother? Who are my brothers, my sisters? Those who hear the word of God and, and those who do it. And we talked a little bit about family. And in ancient Israel, family was very, very important. I mean, it was revered. Um, you didn't ask somebody about how much money they made or what do you do for a living. It was what tribe are you from? What's your heritage? You know, what's your family's name? And in many parts of the world and for many of us, family is very, very important. And that's what has made meeting together so challenging and frustrating uh, because um, of COVID, because it's different this year. And, and we want to meet. We want to be able to do it freely. And so, um, and I know that we will in, in, as the Lord leads you, but family is very important to us. But it reminded me, and I talked to our congregation about it, how important it is that we remember that we are a family even as we listen here to Calvary Live, the believers, that we are the family of God. We belong to this forever family in a forever kingdom, and may we never take it for granted. And we really need each other, and we need each other more than ever because the world's mean out there. And I hope and pray that we would never take it for granted the the church family that you belong to, the the family of brothers and sisters universally, but also locally and who you know, and um, and that we would be here to serve one another, to encourage one another, to pray for one another. We need that more than ever, and we need to be reminded of that because I think this year has reminded me of how privileged I am to be the pastor of the church that I pastor, of Calvary Greeley, of the family that God has brought together, and the people that he's brought here and family is important, isn't it? And and Thanksgiving reminds us of that in the holiday season, Christmas and the new year. But we belong to a family that is so precious. And uh, I hope that we would pray for family members, our brothers and sisters in the Lord, remember them in every way. So just some encouragement there. Let's go to Greeley where Christine is on line one. Hi, Christine. Hi, Pastor Figs. I have a question about prophecy, and uh-huh. do we have a need for it in our times now, or is it something that is past? And also, if we do have a need for it now, how do you um, judge whether the professor, prophesier is speaking the truth? Well, prophecy, um, and I'm assuming you're thinking about, um, and and tell me if I'm on the right track here, Prophecy, there's a foretelling of God's Word, and then there's a foretelling of God's Word. Um, both are very important, um, and both are necessary in the church today and, and amongst believers. So when it comes to prophesying, that is, foretelling of the future, God's Word has a lot to say about it. Is that kind of what you're emphasizing, or the foretelling yeah. of God's Word? Okay, so prophecy, in one of my hearts, Christine, is to, uh, for our congregation, is prophecy has a very important place here at Calvary Greeley. I really have a heart to uh, pass along to the believers 
um, that the Lord is coming to have discernment in the days in which we are living in. I think that's lacking in the church at large. I really do. A lot of churches don't talk about prophecy. They don't talk about the rapture of the church. They don't talk about um, the return of the Lord. They don't talk about the signs that are around us that speak of the soon return of Jesus Christ. Um, I mean, it's so critical that we be discerning in the days in which we are living in. And I believe the Lord wants us to know prophecy because it's all throughout his word. And a third of the Bible is prophecy. So it is extremely important that we be wise in the days in which we're living in, to know that we are in the last days, to be discerning of the days in which we're in. And for us, prophecy, sometimes I think churches avoid prophecy because they're afraid they're going to scare the people. Prophecy is not to scare us, it's to prepare us. It's not to frighten us, but it is to excite us and to bring comfort to us. When Paul wrote about the rapture of the church, he said, comfort one another with these words. When he wrote about the day of the Lord, that we have not been appointed to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, he said, comfort one another with these words. And John says that that as he speaks about when the Lord comes and when we see him, he who has this hope purifies himself. So what that means, Christine, if I am one that we don't know the day or the hour of the return of the Lord, I believe he can come at any time, but we don't know the day or the hour. Jesus said, you be watchful in all things. Be the wise servant that's looking for the master's return because we do not know the day or the hour, or he says, I come when you least expect. So I believe he wants us to watch for him. And what that does is it has a purifying effect on me is what John writes in his epistle. So I believe that prophecy is extremely important. We've been going through it as we're going through the Old Testament, as we go through the New Testament. We spent 2019 going through the whole book of Revelation uh, on Wednesday nights. It took us 11 months to go through it. So it is of extreme importance that we study it and that um, we be discerning the days in which we're in. Okay. I have heard a couple of prophets or, or they claim that they're prophets, talking about um, the United States and the turmoil that we're in with the COVID, with um, uh, the election, with so many things that are disturbing us right here and right in front of our eyes. Um, do you have any words on that? Well, the, the, here's the thing. Everything that you, you hear, because there's a lot of voices that are out there. There's a lot of YouTube videos that are out there of people that claim they hear from God or they got prophecy about, you know, the United States and things like that. You test the spirits by running it through the Word of God. And the thing about, you know, prophecy concerning the United States, when I read the Scriptures, there's nothing really that 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 we know of concerning the United States and prophecy. Now, there's there's different reasons why people prophesy about the United States. It may be because there are some that are out there that say the United States is Israel. I've heard a lot of that, um, that uh, the United States is Judah, the United States is Israel. The United States is not Israel. Israel is Israel. So they'll begin to make interpretations that goes to Israel, prophecy concerning Israel, and they'll try to apply it to the United States. So you really have to be wise. Keep everything in context, okay? That's very important. 
and um, and you'll hear a lot of voices, and um, and so you know there are those who claim that they got a message from God about the United States or about COVID or this is God's judgment. Listen, stick to the Word of God because there's a lot of things that the Word of God tells us. There are different signs, and one of the signs that Jesus talked about when you read the Olivet Discourse is that there will be pestilence, and um, and I believe that we're seeing that and. We also know that when it comes to the book of Revelation, that pestilence will be a part of that. I believe it's written like 11 times in the book of Revelation. Even in that future battle of Ezekiel 38, that one of the things that we read in there is pestilence. So check everything with the Word of God, okay, and keep everything in context. That is a key. Um, and be discerning, and uh, because there's a lot of people that are saying, thus saith the Lord— and um, you just got to make sure that you test the spirits, all right? Very good, very good. Those are sound sage words, and I appreciate your time. You bet. Keep reading. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Keep it in context. Study the Word, study the Word, study the Word. And I know that there's some good teaching out there, but also there's been some teaching out there that— you know, when you get into all these different topics and they'll pull out verses concerning the day of the Lord, you know, and say it's going to happen at this event or these days or how the planets line up or, you know, it's a fulfillment. I've heard it over the years of Revelation chapter 12. It's a fulfillment of of chapter 13, whatever. We're not in the day of the Lord, so you got to keep everything in context. That's um, really important and, and prophecy about America and I, I don't see America mentioned in prophecy, but um, just make sure that you're a student of the Word, and you can filter these things through as you make discernment. But I think it's important for us to discern the last days, extremely important. Uh, let's go to Strasburg, to, to Wani. Hi. Wani? Yes, it's Wani. Um, um, I'm with the Aurora um, Operation Christmas Child Prayer Team, and we got a prayer request from Cheyenne Wells. There were two young girls, Savannah and Kaylee, 14 and 15 years old, who were in a car accident. I believe it was a car accident this morning. And they have severe injuries, and they were airlifted to hospitals in that, you know, mm. near that area. Okay. So just yes. prayer for the families, for the, the little community of Cheyenne Wells and yes. the two young ladies. Absolutely. Father, we pray for these two young girls, teenagers that have been airlifted to to uh, Aurora, to, to um, the hospital. Um, you know who they are. We just pray that their injuries would be treated, um, and we just pray that you would bring healing, that, Lord, that uh, we pray for their families. And this does affect uh, a small community. Um, Lord, uh, we just lift them up to you, their family and and everyone involved uh, right now. Be with the doctors, the nurses, the medical staff as they treat them. We pray for recovery. We pray for your touch upon them. We pray for comfort to come to the family and to that community. Um, and Lord, that um, their, your presence would perceive, be perceived by them, your comfort, Lord, and your peace. Uh, so we just lift up these two precious, precious girls to you. And I believe it's Savannah and Kaylee. And we just lift them up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Thank you so much, and have a blessed Thanksgiving. Thank you, Wani. Thanks for your work with OCC. You're welcome. You know, you bet. You know, we uh, were to drop off for uh, OCC. We just finished up today after eight days of collecting, and we did curbside. It was such a blessing, and I'm so grateful. I told the volunteers this morning as I prayed with them, and I'm so thankful for you guys being here because this year we've had to scale back on a lot of things and, you know, cancel certain things. And uh, But this year we were able to to move forward and do the curbside drop-off in Operation Christmas Child. And uh, in your community, I'm sure that many of you did that. So thank you all the volunteers. Which a wonderful ministry that's going forward to bless children all over the world and families, uh, not only with special gifts, little gifts in those shoebox, but the message of the gospel. And I pray that this holiday season, as we move towards Thanksgiving this week and Christmas, that we would look to bless to others because we have a wonderful message to give, and that is Jesus Christ came to this world to give us a hope, to, to came to this world, the Messiah, born unto you in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And we have a message to give and to serve others and to reach out to others. So that's my prayer for all of us. And and um, and that we, uh, this Thanksgiving, would give thanks for the blessings of the Lord and the provision of the Lord. So thank you, everyone, who called in today. So appreciative. Be back again tomorrow, Lord willing. And uh, hope you have a great evening. God bless you. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.